Lane and Vicky, 104.5 The Zone. It's Friday. We're halfway through the Friday show. Oh. The sky is like weird colors right Man, now. It's look like it's got to... Man, what did you do? Hey, don't blame me. You no, know, I don't, you I don't know ask what? for this. It's all because you brought your guitar in here. Yeah, well, I had it in my car. I can't it, leave it, it in my car. It's yeah. like my child. I, I can't leave it. Man, that thing was car. nice, man. What kind of guitar was that? It is a Fender Jazz Bass. Ooh. It's a yeah, Fender I really Jazz know Bass what that is. made in Corona, California. Yeah. 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 It is. I don't do too much about guitars. I bought myself one a long time ago when he was in like fourth grade. Did he just get down and get funky oh, on it? Yeah, he did. Until he didn't do funky no more. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did not. I did not. Didn't I give it to you? You did. My daughter plays daughter. it. It's in her room. She plays she, it all. She of still the time. plays it. Yes, still today. All the time. It's oh, in so her when room. I see her playing out in public, you know that's that's the guitar I gave you. Well, that one doesn't plug in. It's an acoustic guitar, <laughs> right? Because this is not plugged in. But she plays it in her room <laughs> all practice. of the time. I'm not oh, kidding. Still, so still thank because you. Because he barely used it, right. really, but that one year, and it was not a lot. So you brought it in one day and said, this is going to sound crazy. My son had this guitar. You think your daughter would want to play it? I took it home. She has not stopped playing it oh, since. that's pretty cool. So it, it had a whole nother life. Like, I went to tuck her in last night and almost tripped over it. So it's right there in her room, right oh. by the bed. So that means it's still in good use. Though. So they got the value out of it for, Oh, know, she She's for, getting uh, all the value out I of it. a couple hundred dollars I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. There may be some hits written on that thing. We'll have to give you some royalties uh, that, if those cool, all pay man. off. Uh, it's Titans game day. Uh, Ryan and Levin has been hanging on because he wants to talk about the backup quarterback. There's a bunch of matchups that we're looking forward to tonight as well as you. And we've talked about some of Buck Rising a little bit with ourselves at the beginning of the show, but we want to hit some of that in the first part of the show today. Here's the other thing. We're going to call our shot in the last segment. If you've got a Titans-related shot, we would love for you to call in and call your shot for tonight. If it's about a player, if it's about beating the Falcons or losing to the Falcons or we'll Arthur Smith slaps somebody on the sidelines. Or, <laughs> I don't know. what He won't because he's a nice guy. But whatever you want, it's your shot. You can call it. But Ryan was kind enough to hold. Start hour number two with Ryan in Lebanon. Thanks for calling, man. Yeah, no problem, guys. Uh, uh, happy to be on the show. Um, Thank you. Two things I want to talk about. Um, Blaine, what, what are we going to see out of uh, the backup quarterbacks? Um, you know, Are they going to mm-hmm. run the offense just like, Hill would be in there because um, essentially that's what they would do. You know, if Ryan Tannehill wasn't there in a real game, uh, a lot of play actions. Um, just your take on that and uh, tighten up, guys. It's game day. Let's get it going. Let's go. Tighten no up, brother. No doubt about it. Great question. And, and with that being said, I think this offense is built around Tannehill and the King. So I think you want to keep that engine going. So I don't, I don't think you do anything different. Uh, it's really about performance and how much protection they'll have. So that's what I'm interested. You know, when you get stressed and Maybe you got the second and third string guys out there just like you are and you're fighting for a job. Maybe that's the starting unit with Woodside and you go, uh-oh, this is not really good. He's not getting a lot of protection. Or when he gets protection, does he go through his progression reads and whatever the play is called and, and you know, puts it where it needs to be or does, you know, makes the right decision uh, to throw it away. So, yeah, I'm, I'm watching that all day. I think, you know, the things that fascinate me is the backup quarterback, the kicker, as you mentioned, yep. the kicking game. And then I'm, I'm looking at T.R. Tart, and I'm looking at all the young players, not just this year's draft class, but also last year's draft class, and maybe some of the free agent guys that nobody's really talking about that have played in the league before and have experience at the backup safety. Mm-hmm. And then they just signed a couple other safeties as well uh, here on the day off. So I think Thompson is one of the last names. Tedrick Thompson, who's who's played? Yeah, they all have some Meaningful games. football, yes. Yeah. 
in the so, league. Reggie Floyd was the other guy, hasn't played too much. But Thompson uh, has played, and he was a fourth-round pick originally, fourth-round pick by Seattle in 2017. Right. Then we got the kid from uh, the Jets. Who's, who's oh, Matthias Farley. Farley, yeah, he's shown some flashes, the safety, not Caleb Farley. Uh, so I, I like to, I don't think Caleb Farley is going to be playing. But uh, So I'm, I'm interested to see those guys because when you have a team that's built like this and it's an experienced team, a playoff contending team, a Super Bowl contending team, you want experience at all levels, even if your starters go down. Yep. They have some, you know, some, you know, pellets out there that's been in the fire. And that's why, you know, for me, the kicking game was really huge. And I think they're trying to save on salary at the same time, but also develop a young kicker. And so is this the time to go with that guy? You better be sure. And the only way to find out is through preseason games and, and put him, you know, at the, to the test in some pressure. Fresh situation. I want to see him have to kick a game winner or one right before the half and things of those nature because I want to see if he can handle that kind of pressure. Never know until you're in that moment, and you don't want to know that uh, until the last minute. And if he doesn't come through for you, now you got to move forward. It could cost you a game. It could cost you home field advantage. It could cost you, you know, making the playoffs, all kind of things. So I want to have my kicking game solidified. We already know Kern is the best of the best, so got to get the kicker right. Man, maybe there's just something wrong with me. But if I was Rabel, I get close to the end of the first half, let's say. Time running down. We're going to go for it or not. Don't call timeout. Send them out there. Make them run out there and kick it. So he's just got to go, go, go. Right? Yeah. Like, don't call timeout. Let him get yeah. where it's ri- where yeah. everything Speed is rushed because mm-hmm. you got a new uh, snapper, but that guy's been in the league forever. Morgan Cox. Right, they haven't worked together. And it's new holder. Yeah. All of it. And, yeah. I, hey, man, I'm not calling a timeout. If it gets down to that, if it's 17 seconds, whatever it is, y'all got to go out there and get it done tonight. Let's see how well he handles all the pressure you can throw at him, both of them. Yeah, can, situation football, so I'm sure they've gone on that numerous times at yep. practice. So you want to see and so kind of surprise the guys because that's kind of how it goes in the game. But the guys who are students of the game, they're watching the game. They understand what's about to happen. You know, probably, usually for me, it was probably a couple plays down because you're already thinking like a coach once you become a veteran player. Right. You're thinking like them, okay, this is what's going to happen. Are we going to make this decision? This is, I mean, you know, what, what are we going to do here? If we don't get the first down, we're going to go for it. We're going to kick the field goal. Those are already two or three plays ahead of time, and you know that as a player. That's why sometimes the young guys get caught off guard and flat-footed and like, oh, oh, I got to run out there for a field goal? We're not going to go for it? No. Nope. So those are the guys who are waiting for someone to tell them what to do instead of playing the game out in your own head while you're watching the game on the sideline. Got another call. By the way, appreciate all the phone calls today. Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Is, is, when we started the show, Blaine said, get the phone number. Let, let's always get people to call in. We love it when you yes. call in and just mm-hmm. join the discussion. You can ask questions or you can be like Rick and tell us what that's we, the funnest part. That's, that's what makes it fun. So call in anytime, 615-737-1045. Sam in Cheatham County, again, on this Field of Dreams game, right? Sam, what would you think about that last night? Yeah, I'm just going to say uh, it was a pretty cool setting. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just kind of watched the beginning. Uh, I'm just ready for football. <laughs> I want to ask you, Blaine. Yes, sir. I'm excited to see the the third, fourth, and fifth, possibly six-string wide receivers tonight. Mm-hmm. And don't you think that the cornerbacks really got something to prove because last year uh, they didn't do a whole lot as in terms of you being able to rely on them. And then also, one last thing, Blaine, uh, I believe it's, you were eating Takis or Takis? Which one was it? Takis. T-A-K-I-S. T-A-K-I-S. I think it's, 
is it isn't it pronounced Takis? Yeah, maybe. Or, I, or or have I been pronouncing it wrong my whole life? No, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, you like those too, though. My daughter does, and uh, hot. Uh, I have to limit the bag. She'll she'll tear a whole bag up. Man. God bless that child, because these things are even hot for Blaine. He eats everything hot. Yeah, I like hot and spicy, yeah. But it's eating my stomach up, so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be running to the back. Hey, i got to sit in a small hours. room with him for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Don't encourage him, Sam. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, no. no problem. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, that's going to be the heated battle, though. I- I'm interested to see Marcus Johnson, uh, all the draft picks, it's, you know, Patrick. Every one of them. McMath to, you know, yeah, every one of them. Who's going to be playing? Yep. I want to see him because I want to see who shows up the – you know, third or fourth, if it's open, fifth. You know, Chester Rogers, uh, I really like. Uh, so I want to see these guys in action because uh, they got something to prove, and they're all fighting for that spot. They're all thinking, you're thinking this is all I got. And the guys who really succumb to the pressure have a drop. They all have a drop, and you say it was dead in his hands. No defender, no no, because they're thinking about the pressure. No, go out there and have fun. It's still a game. Go out there and have fun, relax, and guess what? Control what you can control and enjoy yourself. I say that to my, my son all the time, but I had to remind myself as a player, I prepared all week. Now let's go have fun. Yep. Let's go five. Let it loose. Don't don't slow me down. Uh, Greg Williams will come over there and start going over all this crap <laughs> in my head. I said, hey, Greg, we went through this all week. I got you. We right. had that conversation one time. And it was a little different than that. There were other words. Yeah, yeah but – and he says, okay, cool. I see you're making me nervous. <laughs> yeah. We went over this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go as a fun. He said, all right, all right. We got it. We good. We good. And nobody else wants to talk to me. Yep. Okay. okay. Well, I don't need there anymore. Right. You got no <laughs> friends. Yeah, go coach him up. And I know we got to take the break. The receiver room, Ooh. I mean, you got two guys. We probably won't see it all during the preseason. Their their status is Ooh, set. AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. You got Josh Reynolds. Who's been banged up. up. It'd be yeah. great to see just what some of what we could see. But let's say they keep six. That's three jobs up for grabs. Let's say they keep seven. That's four jobs up for grabs. All if I'm any receiver in that room, I'm thinking, I got a shot. They're going to keep three or four more guys besides the superstars. Yeah. I, I got a real chance here. So a lot I want, of competition though, man. I know. Rogers and John. I mean, these guys got some experience in this league. And you got That's Mason Kinsey, who's been practicing well. Yeah. Who was on the practice squad some last year. He's a return guy. We forget guy. about Bats. I mean, nobody's even mentioned him. Or Nick Westbrook-Akina, who was on the, the team last, last year. year. Mm-hmm. That's, hey, man. That's Wide receiver at. matchup is going to be a yeah, lot. And DBs, too, by the way, with the yeah. caller was talking about. There's a lot of – yeah, the, yeah, secondary did not play well at all, uh, in particular the cornerbacks. Uh, and I'm sure Bayard wants to get off to a good start. Uh, if it was me, I'm a little different. I'm a little old school. I probably would use this game. I, I would because the second game now to me is going to be the dress rehearsal for the players. I would think for the starters. So this game, I would probably have them play a snap. I mean, a, you know, a series. a series. Yeah, some. I would get to like ten. To, I want ten to twelve snaps. I know people say it doesn't mean anything after last year, and so, but it could it could have been just an anomaly with everything. But, you know, some coaches are going to be thinking about, we got an extra game, a regular season game. So they really don't need to play. We get that out of practice or scrimmages uh, and everything else, which will be, uh, they'll be scrimmaging uh, in Tampa Bay, right, next week. Yeah, practicing with the with the Bucks a couple of days, and we'll be talking about that as well. Uh, we'll be talking to Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio next. we got a preview of the Cats also. Just trust me, he will talk smack, and you will want to hear it because he's going to make you feel some kind of a way. 
like he always does. And for Vols fans, it's usually mad. Yeah, he's going to say some stuff. Matt Jones next on Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. <laughs> oh man it is raining cats and dogs in nashville right now it is getting with it so if you're out there uh just be careful turn your wipers on turn your lights on so people can see coming but it is uh getting with yeah. it we needed some rain so hopefully yeah. everybody gets yeah, a turn your bit lights on here for this guy we got coming on do we have uh andrew have we got matt yet oh that's All okay right. no 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 efforting matt yeah, we, we gotta turn our up. lights on we gotta turn it up Tennessee stood, fans. He stood us up yesterday. Yeah. So we, I'd he, had people he, riled he up already. Us. So uh, does does UT play Kentucky at Kentucky this year? Or is that home? Is that, it's at home, I think. Maybe maybe he'll be at the game and he'll owe us, uh, you know, some kind of uh, some food or drink or something. Maybe we'll go out and hang out. Got to make sure we get that done. Because he, he, he definitely stood us up. He, he has... They they host Tennessee this year. It's at Kentucky. Oh yeah. So if we go down to the game, we get we get uh make sure he takes his uh. Then he own a bar or something. I, he owns everything in Kentucky. Right. Yeah. He, he must. He has a key to the city. I'm assuming every city. Yeah. He has a key to the whole state. That's <laughs> a big state, key. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like you put it in a coal mine to yeah. turn it. He definitely yeah. has a key to Lexus. I'm sure. Yeah. This dude. Uh, uh, he's been on on this radio station a bunch of times again. Matt Jones said to join us. Okay, we got him. Matt, you, you stood us up yesterday, man. We got people all riled up, and they were just waiting at the gate to mob you, and, and then you didn't show up. So we're hope everything is okay. Yeah, so, you know, when they, you know, Tennessee plays Kentucky at some point, whether it's football or basketball, we're going to you know, make sure uh, dinner's on you. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I'm glad to play, pay for dinner. I love Blaine. Most of the rest of the people that have hosted this show over the years, I haven't loved, but I've always loved Blaine. And uh, the uh, there was one more. I think I liked Brent. He's, I don't know where he is. But I, but for the most part, Blaine's always been a good dude. I would never stand you up. I just got yeah. busy yesterday, but I do apologize. Um, I would hate to let the fans of the Tennessee Volunteers down. Their football team is going to let them down this year, just oh. like they have in the last decade. So why would I want to let them down? I don't want to add to their pain. Oh, my. You just uh, just threw out that haymaker out there. But, yeah, it's on the Blaine and Mickey show right now. So Mickey's my co-host. Well, I'm sure, now. Mickey, Mickey, you're yeah. so fine, and I think I'm sure I'll like you. I just don't know who you are. Yeah, he's I'm hanging out with me. So your yeah, mind. yeah right. he's used to that, right? We're, yes. We're on with uh, Matt Jones from KSR Radio, and everybody knows who that is, Mickey. So let's just start with this. Uh Offense was slow last year. Uh, back it up. Terry has backed up on out of Lexington. You got new quarterbacks. You got a new offensive coordinator. How are things looking under Liam Cohen? They're pretty exciting. I mean, it's new. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator, um, mm. and, you know, a lot of new weapons. So you still have to see it. But I'm pretty optimistic about it. You know, the last few years, Kentucky's been very good running the ball and has had a great offensive line. That's been the sort of calling card. Quarterback play was – inconsistent and the receivers were pretty terrible um this year i think there's definitely going to be a market improvement at quarterback will levis and joey gatewood i think will be better than what they've gotten from terry wilson for the last couple years although terry won a lot so i'm not as big a hater as a lot of people are on him but um but this is i think going to be a better quarterback play i think the offensive line is still going to be really really good i think the running backs are going to be really good so the question will be can they get improvement at the wide receiver they haven't had good wide receivers here with the exception of maybe Lynn Bowden, 
in about 10 years. And they're hoping that Wandell Robinson, the transfer from Nebraska, Josh Ali, who's the one returner who was pretty successful for him, and a couple of the young guys, they're hoping they can get a passing game. But if they can get that, then I think Kentucky, because their schedules, as far as SEC schedules go, it's about as easy as you can have in the SEC. So I think it's a chance for Kentucky to have a really good year. Matt Jones joins us on Blaine and Mickey. He is at KY Sports Radio for all you Cats fans out there. Well, Matt, they didn't throw the ball a lot, so a lot of receivers probably didn't want to actually go there. But what would you say is going to be the style of the offense? I know they ground and pound all the time, but are they going to throw the ball I don't the think they'll ground more? and pound this year. Okay. I think they're going to throw it more. I mean, first of all, Wondell Robinson – you know, was the leader in all-purpose yards yes. for Nebraska. He, yes. And he left, and I think he's explosive. You know, ESPN has him as one of the ten most important transfers in the country. I, I think he is. I think he's that good. And so I, I think he's going to – he's really – in many ways, Kentucky's offense – is Kentucky's offense going to take a step forward? It's really going to be a lot about him. Not like, are they able to turn him into a weapon? Lynn Bowden was a weapon here. And back when Lynn Bowden was able to play in the slot Mm -hmm. and play with a balanced running attack, he was very productive. That was the year Kentucky went 10-3. and I think the question will be, can they do that this year with Wondell? And it remains to be seen. Everything I hear is he looks amazing. But with all this with the offense, man, you got to see it. I mean, we got three quarterbacks who've never played here. You got Wondell Robinson who's never played here. You got Josh Ali that has played, but then you got two freshmen backing him up that never played here. So a lot of this is going to be you got to see it. But they're very confident. I really think the offense coordinator Liam Cohen it was a great hire. I think he's really smart. Comes from the Rams. Uh, he is a Rams guy like Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to be Liam Cohen's going to be a head coach in the NFL one day. And so I don't think Kentucky will have him long. But when they have him, I think he's going to do really well. Mm. Well, you gave us a big picture here on everything that's going on, but uh, besides the quarterback battle, if you want to give it that, uh, what's going to be the biggest storyline maybe on the defensive side? Well, the biggest storyline is the SEC sucks, so let's start with that. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee stinks, South Carolina stinks, and Vandy stinks. So, if, so when, you, when you, you start, Kentucky gets to start with a premise that they don't normally get to start with, which is they can look at their schedule and think, you know, if we're just decent, we should win seven games, just being decent, because they play three terrible teams. Louisville's going to be bad this year. Tennessee, South Carolina, and Vandy are bad. So that's seven wins if you're just decent. Then you throw in Mississippi State, which is on the road, but still kind of trying to get used to Leach. And then you have Missouri, who I think is going to be good, but isn't significantly more talented than Kentucky. So they can look there and say, you know what, we don't even have to pull an upset, and we can win nine. So then you get Georgia. They're not going to beat Georgia. And then you play Florida and LSU at home. They get Florida and LSU at home. So that's a good draw. I, don't, I think both those teams are better than Kentucky. But is it crazy that they could pull one off? I think Kentucky, with all that said, I think Kentucky wins eight. I think they beat the seven teams I said that were their big win. I think they probably lose to Florida, LSU, and Georgia, and then drop either Missouri or Mississippi State. That's why I have them at eight and four. But if you're optimistic, you could see 10. I think at a minimum they win six, but I'm predicting eight. As I understand it, they lost their secondary coach, but they still have the same D.C. So yeah, has, nobody cares. That's nobody. irrelevant. I mean, Mark Stoops basically, Mark <laughs> Stoops basically coaches the secondary. I mean, Mark Stoops has coached secondary at Florida State, Miami, produced yeah. all kinds of NFL players. And really, he's a head coach, 
but he spends a lot of time with the secondary. He and Brad White are kind of the secondary coaches. So I don't. I actually think the secondary is one of the strengths on the team this year. Uh, no doubt about it. And uh, <laughs> yes, we've been talking about it, no doubt about it. I have to ask you about these big mammoth of young men, and that's in the trenches on the defense. Let's talk a little bit about those defensive tackles there. Well, Pascal that's been McCall. a weakness for Kentucky since Josh Allen. I mean, when Josh Allen was here, he was a beast. And, like, they were able to really control the line of scrimmage. And in the last couple of years, they haven't gotten a lot of defensive pressure, and that's hurt them. Uh, but I think Marquand McCall and Josh Pascal are the keys to the defense. Those two dudes, if McCall can, McCall can you know, control the line and stop the run and Pascal, Josh Pascal can get to the quarterback some, I think the defense has a chance to be really, really good. But but the problem they've had the last couple of years getting to the quarterback, and they got to find a way to do that because they just haven't done it very much, and that's been a consistent thorn in their side. I'm expecting improvement, but again, kind of like with the quarterback, I got to see it to believe it. Yeah, Matt Jones, our guest. You mentioned McCall. I, I wrote this down. He's six three three seventy nine. He's three seventy nine. He doesn't look like that anymore, though. He's lost about forty five pounds. Oh, okay. So he act- so he actually looks. So he's he 325. Good, yeah, but 325 is good for that position. Right, right, right. 379, right. His, be- his belly was too big. Um, <laughs> that can happen to any of his us, belly man, let's was be honest. But, but, when he, but now, I, when I saw him last week at Media Day, I couldn't believe how he looked. I mean, he's always kind of been the jo- jovial, pudgy guy playing behind Quentin Bohanna. And he decided that since Bohanna's now with the Dallas Cowboys, he couldn't be that guy anymore. And now he looks like a football player, and he's got. And I think part of it is too, he's got a five-star sophomore sitting behind him in Justin Rogers. Oh. And I think the theory is they basically told him, "Look, we ain't waiting on you anymore. If you don't come ready to go, it'll be Justin Rogers' job." And he came ready to go, and I think he can have a good year. <laughs> is Mark Stoops? And I'd written it down this way, and maybe this isn't the right way to answer the question. Do you think he is underrated as a coach even oh, today? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yes. I mean, like. Excuse me. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know how people rate him, but I don't think when people sit and think about the great coach, let's just take the SEC. If I were to sit here and say to you, who are the best coaches? Well, clearly you're going to say Saban and you're going to say Mullen. You're going to say uh, uh, Orgeron and you're going to pick these dudes, Kirby Smart. And I understand those guys should all be there. But most of you would probably say Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, Eli Drinkowitz, they'd put them ahead of them. But why? I mean, Mark Stoops. You guys know you're Tennessee fans. Kentucky's been terrible our entire lives. And since Mark Stoops has been here, they've got four straight bowl wins. They won the Citrus Bowl, beat Penn State. In the last few bowl games, they've beaten Penn State and Virginia Tech. I mean, they're good. This is a good football team. And, like, to do it at Kentucky is kind of amazing i mean let's just use kentucky and tennessee and i'm not talking trash i'm just gonna just be honest so you're just giving us facts four, right mm-hmm. the last four times kentucky's played tennessee kentucky's had more talent now they haven't won all the games but they've had more talent they've been more talented just look at the draft i mean the nfl draft besides florida <clears throat> lsu and alabama kentucky's had the most players drafted in the sec in the last two years so <clears throat> sorry i'm coughing on you but I don't think people give Stoops credit for how he's done. Now, I think the reason is when you talk to him, he doesn't blow you away like where people would go, oh, man, he's so clever, he's so funny. He's just a football guy. I think also people tend to look at him as Bob's little brother, 
But I'll tell you this. I've been here and I've watched a lot of coaches come and go at Kentucky. He's the best one they've had in my lifetime. And here's the thing that I think is the secret to his success. It's a good lesson for life. He's not afraid to bring people in that are better at some of the things than he is, right? Some people are scared to have people that are smarter than them or that are better than them. Have them work for them, not stoops. He's had great defensive coordinators. He's had great offensive coordinators, position coaches. His old defensive coordinator is now the defensive coordinator for Kansas City Chiefs. He knows how to hire guys, and I think that's why he's had so much success. Matt Jones, our guest. What do you think about the hypo hire at Tennessee? Is he the guy to take them to the next level, some other level? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I you know, I, my initial reaction is no, but I don't know that, right? So, like, I can't, you know, I don't want to say for certain no. I think, you know, listen, it reminds me of when Dick Cheney did the search to find the new vice president and he picked himself. You guys had the Central Florida AD, and he did a nationwide search, and he came upon the same guy he had before. So, you know, could he have success? I mean, sure. Any Could he? If you made me bet, I would say no. Here's the problem, and this is you, I've said this for a while. People at Tennessee don't like it. But there are structural problems that make it hard, I think, now to win at Tennessee in a way that it wasn't hard 25 years ago. Now, NIL may change that. I, this is a longer conversation you all want to have. But I see NIL as potentially Tennessee's lifeline because y'all do care about things a lot. And that's one of your that's one of the reasons it's good to pick at your fan base because you care a lot. But the college football landscape is not set up for Tennessee to be good again. But NIL, if your boosters there decide to make Tennessee a place that pays a lot, then maybe that's how you get back. Otherwise, I'll be honest with you, I don't think you're going to get back to the level you want. Now, can you get back to be better than you are now? Yes. But are you going to get back to Alabama, Georgia levels? I think the answer is no. But I do think NIL gives you a lifeline, and we'll see what happens. Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio giving us a lifeline on Blaine and Mickey. Well, speaking of lifelines, then, I guess uh, talk a little bit about how the NLI has, uh, I guess, impacted Kentucky and where do you see it going uh, potentially? Well, okay, so NIL, we're going to know a lot more about it next year than we know this year. But in my view, right now it's the Wild West, right? Like nobody really knows what's going on. Like I have no idea who's making money and who's not. You know, I own a sports bar here in Kentucky. We don't know whether or not to pay players to come here or not. Like nobody really knows what to do. <laughs> But what's going to end up happening is a few schools are going to get the reputation as the place you go that if you go there, people are going to hook you up with deals. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, what schools are that going to be? All right, in basketball, Kentucky's going to be one of those schools. It doesn't even have to be because of the local people. The national companies will invest in Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina because they're the most high-profile programs. So Kentucky, Duke, Duke, and North Carolina in basketball are going to be good. The question is in football. Obviously, Alabama's going to be fine. But what other programs are going to have local boosters help them? Like, I don't know if you saw the video, but BYU had a local company just pay for 36 walk-ons to get Ooh, scholarships. Unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Now, 
BYU is probably going to be able to get the best walk-ons in the damn country next, right? <laughs> yeah, free school. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm a walk-on. No, I'm being dead serious yes. about that. And I mean, you know, I, I now think if BYU asks you to walk on, you're going to do it because you're going to go, this dude's going to give me a scholarship, right? Yeah. So, so, like, things like that are going to happen. And so the question is, is Tennessee going to be one of those places? Is, and I think they could because you all care a lot. Is Tennessee going to have local business people there that just say, you know what, financially – I ain't going to make this money back, but I want the balls to win. So here's $200,000 to the running back, best running back and wide receiver every year. All right, if they do that, then when you all go and recruit running backs and wide receivers, it's going to be a lot easier to recruit them, right? And that is what I don't know what's going to happen. I will tell you in Kentucky, a lot of people around the program are worried because they're worried that the business people's money here is going to go to basketball and not football. And Stoops and those folks, the gains they've made in recruiting, if they can't find people to give these football players deals, maybe they'll lose some of that ga- those gains. So that, in, in a year or two, we're going to know this a lot more. But I'll tell you this, if I worked at Tennessee, I would look at it and go, this is our chance. NIL is our chance to get back because Tennessee is kind of like Indiana in basketball. You all care a lot more than how good you've been. <laughs> and that's why this is the way to get back to relevance, honestly, is to just have your rich boosters spend a lot of money paying these players to come sign an autograph. Well, with Matt Jones, uh, naturally, uh, for you know KSR and radio and everything else, you know, known the man in Lexington, Kentucky, and, and all of Kentucky, uh, that is. I guess in a nutshell, please tell us, I guess, where do you think expansion is going to go with, let's say, assuming Oklahoma and Texas are in the SEC? I think that's it. That's I think it. it's just Oklahoma and Texas. I, I don't think anybody else makes sense. I mean, Clemson and Florida State, yeah, they're better at, they're better at football, but real. I mean, are they going to bring in any new fans? See, What's going to happen Texas? across the country, though? What's going to happen to the Pac-12? Big I think 10? you're going to end up you're going to end up with four 16 team leagues. That's where this is going. Oh. Four 16 team leagues. I think there'll be 16 teams in the Pac-12, 16 teams in the Big Ten, 16 in the ACC. And if you ain't one of those, sorry. I mean, that's where it's coming, in my opinion. And the problem is there are going to be a couple teams in major conferences right now that don't get picked for any of those. And that's going to be tough. The, only, the other possible solution is that the Big 12 and the American kind of combine, at least the best teams in the American, and then you have five power conferences. If I'm the Big 12 and the American, if I want to survive, because you know, right now they're trying to hold the line, they ain't going to hold the line. Some of those teams, Kansas is the one to watch. Because even though Kansas stinks at football – they are a good academic school, and they are good at basketball, and the Big Ten wants them. So Kansas will leave if they're not careful. To keep Kansas and those schools from leaving, combined with Memphis, Houston, Central Florida, those schools create a, a fifth league that's kind of the fifth of the Power Five and then go from there. So one of those two things is going to happen, either four 16-team leagues or the Big 12 and the, and the American combined. Got you. Appreciate it, man, Matt. Bringing the heat, as always. No doubt. Thank, Thank you, you, guys. Sorry Thank about you. yesterday. I appreciate it. Hey, it's no okay, problem, buddy. We'll... Dinner's on you. Appreciate right. it. <laughs> <Conduct> <laughs> Sports Radio, Matt Jones at KY uh, Sports Radio on Twitter. You can follow him there for all the latest. We come back. It's time to wrap it up. We will call our shot. Maybe some Titans-related shots. You want to sneak one in, hit us in the chat. Cousin Danny says, sorry, I got a little emotional talking about baseball earlier on the call. That's fine, man. Baseball does that to people. Call your shot next. Blaine and Mickey.
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Time to call our shot. Appreciate uh, everybody who weighed in on the chat today. Always good to see you. Lonzo, Zach, uh, XD Pineapple said we could buy some followers if we wanted to on there. Weighing in on white uniforms earlier. We got some tweets at Blaine and Mickey. Fudge said on Twitter, for the longest time, the Titans' worst record in a uniform combination was the all-whites, and nothing that made me cringe when I saw they were wearing all-white. Ever since the new uniform, I believe the record has started to turn around. At Titans Uni keeps track. But then at Titans Uni Tracker weighed in and said, that is true. Recent wins in all-white have raised it to the second worst record-wise. They're 5-9 and nine in those things. Oh, my. The current worst combo is all-light blue. They're three and six in the oh, baby. Oh yeah, blue. I don't like that either. Remember, you you like that, don't you? No, not I don't like Remember, all. Because I, co- I talked about the Smurfs. My favorite la, color combo la, 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 la. is white pants, light blue jersey, oh. and then any color helmet. Oh. That's Oilers. I'm, I'm, that's no. for you. Mm-mm. That's I, all. For I don't you. like it with the navy blue. I still helmet. like it. Okay. <laughs> you just remedy. You just want to break the. Oilers that's all I want. I mean, that's, it's pretty obvious what I'm doing here. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, Pretty man. Pretty obvious what I'm doing. <laughs> All right, so you got your shot? Yeah, my shot is this. And here's the thing. Now, we'll be calling them on Friday so we can all have football shots, which makes this even more fun. Because in the summertime, you know, it's some guy's going to win a tennis tournament or something. But we can call football shots. Here's mine for tonight. Mike Vrabel uh, did his last media availability before the Titans left. And it's funny. He mentioned two people that he was looking forward to seeing play. Because somebody asked him. And I thought, he's going to say everybody. And he said two names, which he never does. He said Rashad Weaver and talked about how he's really done better lately. He just wants to see him keep doing better. And he said Monty Rice. Mm. And it, Monty Rice is a Georgia guy. I think Monty Rice, because you think about this, Blaine, it's a preseason game. His whole family's going to be there because he's playing in Georgia's right there. You know, I, I don't even remember where he's from originally. He is from Huntsville, Alabama. So this is a pretty easy drive for his family. Probably have a lot of friends there from college. I think he's going to play like his hair is on fire tonight. Monty Rice, as long as he's healthy and good to go, ready to play you know, meaningful snaps, he leads them in tackles tonight. Monty Rice. Mm, Monty the Rice Georgia will, guy back home in Georgia. Well, well I'm going to say on the defensive side, okay. I'm looking at my man who I'm going to be watching, Mr. Undrafted, Tier Tart. He's going to have... A great game causing disruption all over the place, but he's also going to get his first sack in the NFL tonight. Mm hmm. Tier Tart. And then he's going to get up and do the Tart dance. Whatever that is. I'm hoping it's some dance. That dude has been a great story um, and continues to be a great story and has made a spot for him. Undrafted guy. You brought him up last year, and I thought this is interesting because you made this point the other day. The coaches really got after him. And you said, hey, man, that's, that's the biggest compliment a coach could give you because if they ain't saying nothing to you, that means you're going to, like, they're buying you a bus ticket as we speak. Like, oh, but, we, we gave him all you got. You're wasting my energy coaching this kid right. anymore. Why, I'm not yelling at that guy anymore. Doesn't know what he's doing, can't play, whatever. The, but like you said, they were really after that guy. But here's the thing. He stuck around. You know, veteran guys, they got their trainer in Texas or wherever they go. Some of these young guys, undrafted guy, hasn't made a, a, a ton of money yet, stayed here, stayed local, was there every day. Mike Vrabel's talked a lot about him. But then they put gear on and started practicing, and they kept talking about him because a lot of guys kind of disappear after that. Mm-hmm. He's really turned it on a notch once practice has started. Right. They transformed his body as well. Yes. They got him in shape. He started believing, 
and start seeing the results, not only his body, but his play and his movement. And uh, felt like, hey, man, you keep this up. You may have a shot to be uh, an NFL player as a backup. And then all of a sudden now, he's starting. So Tart, take Tart. Yep, I want to see the Tart dance. I'm already creating a Tart dance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Start tonight. Let us know at Blaine and Mickey on Twitter who you are looking forward to seeing. You got McCann is going to kick in his first ever NFL game. You got Matt Barkley out of nowhere. Logan Woodside, who I said is like Twinkies after a nuclear war. He just keeps surviving. Those guys each probably going to play a half tonight. Uh, Darrington Evans, Christian Fulton. So many names. It's going to be so much fun. And uh, when the game is over, and it'll all be on the zone, we'll be back after the game to talk about it, taking your calls tonight and we can't wait to do it have a great friday night enjoy the titans game everybody weekend as well and as always stay safe and peace 3hl's next